Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian and Chris. Of course, the big news has got to be Elon Musk taking over Twitter. I heard about this. Even you heard about this. I did. I, you know, I haven't had a chance to read the news. Yeah, you're like just telling me you didn't a read week any of the almost. News. Um, I read a little bit, but not much. But I heard about the Elon Musk thing, which is crazy. <laughs> well, and you're a big advocate, Chris, of decentralization of oh, yeah. uh, self-hosting things. So I'm sure that you're not even in any way really. You don't think this is going to change anything, right? Oh no, no. oh no. I, I I am I I remain on the same stance I had yesteryear, uh, and uh, as, as I do currently. And and the more decentralization we have, the better. Um, you know, you're just going to end up flipping from one side to the other instead yeah. of maybe the left having, you know, doing the censorship. Now it's going to be the right that's doing the censorship. Elon Musk isn't even particularly right necessarily. He seems to be this kind of hodgepodge he of is. whatever. He is. I mean, I don't know how you would describe him on, on some instances. He seems like he's sort of right leaning on others. Like, I think he supports universal basic income. So he's he's kind of left leaning on that. I, and he's come right out and he said that the government is a monopoly on violence. I mean, yeah. he, he has said things that sound very libertarian. And it's interesting because isn't his and isn't aren't all his ventures. I could be mistaken about this. But yeah, aren't they all government like funding? I don't funded, know if all like, of them are like Twitter probably or isn't, most but, of them or something like yeah. that. Like his 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 uh financial tesla is um yeah his financial stuff is all right tesla is te- i'm sure tesla is basically yeah. funded by a, by the government money i mean it's all government handouts yeah uh to big corporations so yeah i mean it is it is you know I, and it's kind of interesting because it's like i'm i wouldn't i wouldn't tell somebody not to take you know something that because the money's already being stolen from you but in this case you've taken government contracts right sure for business but think i think i think it's uh, th- those are probably a little bit different and i'm not going out there and advocating or you're not getting uh, a hand paying somebody product. to um uh go go to congress critters and lobby them, lobby them yeah. For you know new programs, so that I can get a government contract. The only yeah. time I've ever gotten a government contract is when the government has come to me and they're like, "We want to buy your stuff," and I'm like, "All right, I'll jump through right. some of the hoops in order to get this, you know, this money." You're not getting subsidies. And You're not I'm, getting handouts. Right. And certainly the government's to- taken more from me and my company than mm-hmm. than I'll ever be able to get back in whatever they're they're purchasing. So. Right. Yeah, Musk seems to be this sort of enig- enigmatic character. I mean, obviously he's a big deal because he's the world's richest man at the at this moment. Uh, people obviously pay attention to what he does. He's entertaining too. Like he's he's so rich, he doesn't care, right? Like kind of like how mm. Kanye West or Ye has recently been just saying whatever it is he wants to say and losing contracts with companies like Adidas and and other made you know mega corporations as a result of that. Now there was an interesting uh, detail that came out during the what was going to be a tr- uh, trial, like it was going to be a civil trial between Twitter. And Elon Musk, because uh, as you may know, Elon Musk had said he wanted to back out of the deal because Twitter, right. Twitter wasn't being honest about the number of bots that were on the platform. And, you know, when he made the offer for the, the platform, he made it presuming that there were no more than 5% bots, as Twitter had said. And, then, and that was in the pre-agreement, right? As I understand it. I mean, I didn't read it right. So, like, I don't know. But yeah, that was why Elon was trying to back out. So, so, so Twitter said, well, you can't back out now. We're going to sue you. And force you to buy our company. And so in the process of this lawsuit, you know, rolling forward, Elon had to uh, turn over all his text messages that he had sent 
and received. And so there was actually a conversation in between him and the previous CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, who had resigned earlier this year. Before Elon put his offer in, Dorsey had resigned from uh, from that position. But prior to that happening, they had had a conversation where Dorsey indicated that he was disappointed that Twitter had become this sort of centralized entity he had this vision, apparently, that he wanted to see Twitter be this decentralized social media thing. I don't know ex- what exactly he had in mind. That there. would be super interesting if he actually, you know, if he actually meant it the way we we would say. Yeah. Use the term. And and to his credit, he did come out uh, with something recently, and I only had a chance to kind of glance at it last night. Something that he's calling Web Five, which will be a decentralized form of identity. Uh, and it's very interesting, and I'll have to have you take a, to look take a look at it off the air and and see what you think of it just at a, at a glance. But it looked really interesting, like the idea of you would have your own essentially digital identity that no one would control except for you. Hmm. It would interface with decentralized servers all over the place or whatever, and no one could like block you or or whatever. And so it was a very kind of interesting pitch on this concept. Uh, so if Twitter were to somehow become something like that, that would be amazing. I wouldn't get my hopes up <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I mean, this beast is what it is, and the odds that it's going to go under any kind of significant change beyond some changing over of maybe some policies or changing out some of the uh, the people that are involved. And to that end, Musk has been making headlines for immediately firing several top executives, according to FoxNews.com. He had said before he took over the company that he might be uh, eliminating 75% of the Ooh. company's workforce. I think that the tone of Twitter will change. Um, I think that uh, a lot of leftists will end up going elsewhere because all of a sudden um, they won't be able to bully everybody else on the platform. Um, Where do you think they're going to go, though? I I don't know. Uh, actually, Mastodon yeah, is a Mastodon's strong possibility. Already. Mastodon has a very strong leftist element in the uh, in the mm-hmm. development area, so they've got a got a high affinity. I'm sure there are yeah. uh, Mastodon servers where nobody to the right of Che Guevara is invited. Um, <laughs> sure, uh, and that's probably true. I mean, definitely the Mastodon programmers are sort of notoriously leftist. They're based out mm-hmm. of, uh, I think like France and Germany or something like that. And so if you want to have more freedom on Mastodon, you need to go to the independent servers. You don't want to use the official Mastodon server. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, you know, and are they really, gonna... I think going independent is going to be the final issue or the final answer to the issue of uh, social media. We had it a lot better when we were using ICQ mm-hmm. and Jabber mm. and um, a lot Certainly of Jabber. more. Huh? Certainly Jabber, but I don't know about ICQ. Um, well, I, I mean, ICQ worked really well for me for quite a long time. But it certainly I'd wasn't never... decentralized. Huh? It was never decentralized. It was never decentralized, but they had something that made it polycentric which is there were a lot of clients that could talk to ICQ, but could also talk other flavors. 
of Instant Messenger. So basically, if you had one of these, you didn't care what Instant Messenger somebody was using. And I really think that there's two areas where that's going to be the answer or something similar to that is going to be the answer with social media. media. The first is the algorithm. Well, now I'll give Twitter a little bit of credit. Um, you know, having been on some of these major platforms, I haven't used Facebook in four years, five years, something like that at this point, uh, which I, I don't miss it. But one of the frustrations I had with Facebook was what you're talking about, where there's this algorithm that decides what you see and what you don't. And uh, and there's nothing you can do about that. It doesn't matter. You know, you you told Twitter you like a thing, or you were wanting to follow a person, and you never see that person. Uh, but on on Twitter, I didn't get that feeling. I, I always got the feeling like mm. I am seeing every post chronologically no. that people are making. Um, and at one time, I think you were, mm-hmm. and that's why it was so good because anything could happen. But. Uh, things change. I went for three weeks seeing nothing but Democratic Party influencers, hmm. uh, most of whom I believe uh, were actually bots. But uh, I, and I and a lot of people see a lot of them. There's JoJo, somebody, uh, Lakota man. Um, now hold on. This is these are people you're not following. Dad. These are huh? pe- these are people you are not personally following, but it's these showing you them. These are people that I am not following. Where I would see a message from them every ten minutes, they would completely dominate the top of my feed for no apparent reason. One of the things the I've only noticed: only way I could finally get rid of, I had to block them all. Hmm. One of the um, things I noticed about Twitter is, besides showing me the people I follow, it also will show me posts from people who I uh, that are liked by people who I follow. So even if I don't follow a certain person, because someone I do follow Mm -hmm. follows them, I might see their stuff. And that could be where the algorithm is coming in. The thing is, um, it was all uh, very uh, Mm. left-centric content, but not just that. It was formulaic. Um, something like 30% of the posts across all of these people ended, ended with the words, are you with me? Many people t- uh, tweeting their upset over Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And I, I don't think you're going to see a giant exodus from Twitter. I think that this is going to be the same level of action that we saw like when Trump won election in 2016 and there were all these leftists who were screaming about how they were going to leave the united states yeah. and move to canada yeah i suspect you're probably right um just it, it's sad nobody ever does any you know it's like they, they don't, don't do they what don't they say do anything. Do. like i mean i get i get that like okay leaving 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 the united states is a, is a pretty big deal but sure it's a lot easier to leave a website than it is yeah, to physically leave a country but i suspect they're not i suspect you're right they're probably you know all these people who say they're gonna leave twitter yeah. if they're i don't even if there are, know if there are people saying that but if they are oh they're saying it sure i bet you most of them don't leave no that's how i feel about this i think that what you're gonna see mm. is people are just gonna learn how to use the block button you know, they're going to learn how to ignore the accounts that they say yeah, are problematic and they're going to just keep on keeping on because they already have their audience. That's the thing that these that these big platforms have that 
grab people so effectively as and the, you remember I remember the big excuse for not leaving Facebook was well that's where everyone is now we know that's not true and we know that more people have been leaving Facebook over the years so certainly everyone is not on on uh, on Facebook but if you've got a few thousand or in some of these influencers cases tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers what are the odds that those people are just going to walk up and walk away from that? Just because they're mad about the well, new owner. There's Go ahead. a solution to that as well. And just as I said that the solution to the algorithm issue is to move it off of Twitter so you can choose decentralize it so you can choose your own algorithms that, that fit your taste. Um, the mm -hmm. other thing that we can do with that kind of a technology, let's say that um that it has the ability to store a list of all your social media accounts and pass those out to people that that you're uh, that you're interacting with who also use the system. Then you get thrown off Facebook, but it's okay because uh, the other users of the system who send you messages, those messages catch up with you on Twitter, on Reddit, by SMS, by any means necessary. And so you can move. Uh, and when you make a post, you make it from this client mm -hmm. and your post goes to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and pretty much any place that it can get accepted where you have so you're talking um, about like a uh, social media aggregator that is networked mm -hmm. with other people on that piece of software right ifttt for listeners that don't know it stands for if this then that and it is a a clunky system that you have to pay for if you really want it to perform for you and to be fair i think i only pay two bucks a month for it so it's not a crazy yeah, uh, you know, amount of money but uh, and it is very handy for what it does. But I, absolutely, it suffers from the problems that nobody is saying here. In that some companies running this thing, and it could go away tomorrow. It could disappear. I, they could yeah, ban you. I, I suspect it seems very unlikely that Twitter. Maybe I'm wrong, but are there API? Well, maybe there. There must be APIs for Twitter. Yeah, because, of course there are. Yeah. Because uh, it's oh, yeah. I've it's, it's, bots for it's it. already it's already integrating with all sorts of stuff. Yeah, when I post on Mastodon on our Mastodon, which we have ours at social.freetalklive.com, so, it automatically ifttt automatically takes that content and puts it on Twitter. So I guess I guess I guess the question is it's it's, a, it's a matter problems. of somebody writing an application that interacts with with Twitter. Uh, does Twitter have like API keys? You have, you have to yes. have some sort of like. It doesn't just let anybody access it, I presume. They use uh, that Microsoft protocol that a lot of people use. GitHub uses it too. Um, I'm, I'm without getting the too far out into the weeds here. I, I feel like we're getting a little bit. We are. We're getting a little bit out there. Um, this is a you know a fine I've idea. I've been out there for years. There, <laughs> there, <laughs> yes, you have. There have been aggregator programs uh, that have existed before. They almost always charge people for. Uh, usage and that's understandable because as i understand it you always have to keep up with the joneses with this tech dirt writer editor this is according to foxnews.com mike masnick said about the woman who was fired uh yesterday their their head censor uh she, he said about her people do not realize how much vijaya did for free speech twitter <laughs> is less of a free speech platform without her Another Uproxx writer, Mike Redman, wrote, I don't think any of us are prepared for how quickly this whole site is about to go down. It's a miracle flames aren't shooting out of it already. 
and then a writer. I'll tell you what, apparently I didn't understand what free speech meant, and now that they've straightened me out on what those words mean, I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the left, you know, the left wing extremists have taken over the left, you know, the left wing camp. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like, uh, you know, sometimes. Well, that tends to happen uh, to whatever party uh, is in power. The more powerful they become, the more strident their extremists become. Mm, Makes sense. Uh, reporter for NBC News's disinformation reporter Ben Collins says, quote, I would be so happy if I'm wrong, but all the red lights are flashing here, he said. Controversial tech columnist Taylor Lawrence tweeted, quote, it's like the gates of hell opened on this site tonight, unquote. Yeah, Come Taylor on. Taylor Lawrence is actually a fine journalist, so long as you understand the code to her work which is that anything she writes or says is false. <laughs> I've never read anything that she has written. I know she caused some sort of controversy recently. I don't even remember what it was about, but that's her name became really big all of a sudden. She, she got doxxed. Now, this is a Washington Post reporter, so you, you oh, don't yeah. know where to find her. But she got doxxed, cried on TV about it, and then went back to doxing people. Mm. So she could dish it out, but she can't take it, is what you're saying. Uh, exactly. And yeah. she's over-the-top victim crazy mm-hmm. when she gets any flashback. You know, if somebody doesn't like her work, that's like violence. Yeah, I mean, the the amount of uh, just freaking out over this takeover is pretty ridiculous and entertaining. The big question, of course, is Donald Trump. Is he coming back? Uh, will not, not only will they unban Donald Trump for the first time in what more than two years uh, at this point or just about two uh, two years it's been a while yeah, uh, not only will they the question is, will they unban him? I think they probably will. Because it'll be you know, big headlines, and why not? You know, who's it going to hurt? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it definitely seems like he's going to be unbanned. I mean, yeah. it, it, how do you talk about you know all the censorship and then like take it over and make a big stink of it, and then like not and, un- unban Donald Trump? Yeah, and leave leave the most probably visibly censored person yeah. uh, censored. So I think that's likely. But really, the ultimate question is: if they do unban Donald Trump, will he come back to the platform? He, he will. Is, he has already said early this year that he would not come back because now he has his own platform. I don't believe him. But he doesn't have the reach on his own yeah, platform that he does. I don't believe him for one moment that he won't Twitter. come back. So, I mean, we know Donald Trump wants exposure more than anything else. He wants attention more than anything else. So we will see about that. Meanwhile, advertising... And he wants attention from people he can, he can annoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the people that he annoys won't go on Twitter, so it doesn't do him any you good. You mean Truth Social. They won't go on Truth Social, yeah. so so it doesn't do him any good to true at people who will never right. hear him. Is that what they call it? True uh, thing, uh, yeah. I think they call it true thing. They call it true thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, they finally made an art of being truthers. <laughs> uh, so apparently, now, according to Yahoo News, Sam Tabaridi's story here, advertisers are now planning to boycott Twitter if Elon Musk allows Donald Trump back on the platform, uh, whatever advertisers they have, and they do have them, even though Twitter makes no money, they wow. do have advertisers. It's not profitable. I don't, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's accurate to say they make no money. 
Okay, I mean it's not. Well, profitable. if it's not profitable, they're not making money. Yeah. If they're they can money. have revenue, yeah, but okay. if, they, if if they're smaller than their expenses, they're losing money. That's true. Right, that's they're true. paying a lot of employees, a lot yeah. of unnecessary <laughs> yeah. employees. So yeah. you know, and they pay them. They're crazy. They're yeah. absolutely out of your mind. You can take like a mental health month mm-hmm. if yeah. you work for Twitter. You can just piss off for a month. You can just not go in to work anytime you don't want to go into work, and you'll still get paid from what some people who've worked there have said we do have chuck on the line listening in uh washington to k-talks out of the bullhead city arizona area go ahead chuck yeah uh so um uh, as i mentioned in our uh, screening process there we had uh bullhead city arizona uh within the last couple of years has uh, adopted a uh anti-homeless policy i guess you could say uh, resulting uh, in the arrest of a 78-year-old woman a couple months ago in, in one of their parks there. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is a... a oh, a yeah, another food person. Are they forcing people into homes? No. That seems wrong. They, no, no, they're, no, no, they're arresting people for feeding them again. Oh, that that's terrible, too. Uh, well, this is a, there's a couple of caveats that I think is interesting here in this whole story. Because this is a, a policy that the Bullhead City Council uh, adopted back in the winter, I believe, of 2020. So there was, there's been a couple of years for this this thing on the books here, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden uh, this incident occurs, and there's cameras involved. And then I'm thinking there's probably been other you know times that this is uh, you know people have been illegally fed. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is actually something that has gone on in various different parts of the United States for the last at least two decades that I've been aware of. I think it was when we first migrated here to New Hampshire back in 2006. There was something in the news in Orlando, Florida. Florida where, yep. uh, this food, is what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, Food Not Bombs was the organization that was uh, they were serving free food, free hot food to uh, anybody who wanted it, right, in the in the park one of the parks in Orlando, and they kept on bringing cops out and arresting people for this, and new volunteers would step up. That way the same people wouldn't have to go back after they just got arrested and then get rearrested because that usually makes your uh, convictions a lot mm. worse. So they kept having new volunteers step in, and more people would get arrested, and more people would get arrested. All of this just to share food with people. It's absolutely insane. Have you checked the sold-by date on your activists? Are they getting stale? (laughs) I mean, what is the dollar amount for for a local government to – what does that look like for their legal bill? That's that's a big question that I think local ratepayers and taxpayers or whatever uh, place that you live in that's listening to this show right now, is your uh, local governing body considering laws like this that's going to put you in the spotlight and going to cost you a hell of a lot in legal bills and then have you a lot of PR? She's suing them for uh, alleged uh, uh, violations to her constitutional rights. Good. Good for her. Good, because so, I'm, I'm looking at a Washington Post story about this right now, and it does say here okay. that 
she they mentioned here the attorneys for the city abandoned their case against her saying she didn't know about the ordinance but warned her <laughs> that if she returned to the park to serve food she could no longer rely on that defense said a lawyer with the institute for justice which is by the way a very libertarian law firm oh yeah uh, that took up her case mm. and so that's good that means she's not paying for attorneys because ij does that stuff for free yeah. so glad to hear that she's got good legal representation they, they do they do work based off donation though yes. so if you if you have yeah, a you chance support check out them. their website and it's support them ij.org that is their website and for anybody who hasn't found this out the hard way getting arrested is very very expensive mm-hmm. and very debilitating and so yeah. if you haven't sent any money to your favorite jailbird activist lately maybe it's time well, especially if you're a 78 year old woman oh, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to get arrested when you're in your 20s or your middle age but if you're out to the point of almost being an octogenarian it is not easy to yeah. get and I think I think what a lot of people of cruiser. don't understand is often the bureaucrats will use of the arrest itself as a means of harassment with never with they never have right. any intention to prosecute. And the reason they do that is because every time you get arrested, you end up having to hire a lawyer that costs thousands of dollars. Right. And then they drop the case. And it's like, I just paid a lawyer a couple thousand dollars. And it's like, and you drop the case. Yeah, like, they what? just want to get you out of there. You don't even get your day in court. Even if they, they may arrest you knowing they are going to drop the charges because they know there's no punishment for the police who do the arresting, even though the, the you know, later the charges get dropped. They don't charge the police officer for nope. false charging or something. Something like that so they could they're free to go and arrest her again but in this case she has not gone back to the park however she is still feeding the homeless uh she's just doing it from <laughs> private property according to the story here uh she has set up at a uh, less than a mile away from the same park but she's on part of a uh, private property where a land lo- uh, landowner has given her permission to be there she said according to the washington post story she thought it was a prank she, she thought initially could not believe <laughs> That someone would arrest her for feeding people, and and I understand, right? Like you, that it just does not compute. That that could not possibly be on the list of stupid, uh, victimless crimes that the government enforces. I mean, we know they they enforce some dumb victimless crimes and all, but usually it has to do I mean, with that's, drugs or whatever. That's so that's so dumb that nobody even thought of putting it like in the Constitution as like one of your rights. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's actually one of the few government policies that I've actually changed was when I first went to jail in Cheshire County, um, they would bust you if you gave somebody else food. Wait, what? Uh, they, they would bust you in the jail for giving food away. Sharon. Uh, they assumed that, that, well, they assumed that there was quid pro quo and you were selling something. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, I, I gave Rick a hard time about it several the, times and, and he eventually got rid of the policy. Rick Van Wickler is the, or was, he's retired now. He was the, uh, the, the head boss man or whatever of the, the jail. Mm. What do they call it? The superintendent. That's the word I'm looking for. And he actually, to his credit, uh, he was a member of law enforcement against prohibition while he was actually on duty there. So as far as jail guards go, he was probably the least offensive one, although still there were some ridiculous policies and he by no means was perfect but uh but yeah i uh, so like it's not uncommon for people in jail to be trading things right like i remember when i was in last i was over at 
uh, Merrimack County, where you were as well, uh, nobody. Of course, we weren't in the same cell block because they were purposefully keeping us apart while we were in there. Oh, you guys were in there at the same time? Well, yeah, we were. Uh, he, we got we arrested, got arrested the at the same, same day. day. Oh, okay. It's kind of required yeah. we'd be yeah. there at the same time. <laughs> I did see him at one point in the medical wing when they had me in there mm-hmm. for uh, for observation. Oh, oh, you're talking about recently? This was last year. Okay, I, I'm yeah, sorry. I thought we were talking yeah, you about. You filmed it when we got arrested. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm confused. I thought we were talking about the uh, Cheshire County. Uh, no, no, you're thinking, you're thinking Not, of um, Derek Chase. We were at first. Yes. Okay. But we, sh- we shifted jails. Right, right. Okay. Right. As we often do. Right. <laughs> so This is a great show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so I was in there. Uh, we, we were both in the same facility. At one point, they tried to put me in one of these open wings of the, the jail. They have certain different types of security levels. So there was uh, what I was in most of the time I was there was like a lockdown status. Were you ever you said you were in the federal block? Uh, nobody. Were you ever in the open wing where you had like a cot or were you in a, a cell at night? No, I, I wasn't. Uh, I, I was never in there. Uh, mm. They asked me at one point about moving moving there and i looked at them darkly and said that would go badly yeah because um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they don't want to have problems right like ideally yeah. they don't want to have issues between people that are that are going to be in these these places and when you're in one of these open wings you have absolutely no, i mean it's bad enough being in a jail cell with one other guy but in these wings you inc- oh yeah the, the positive side is if you're more social there's more you know you can sit down and and do more things or whatever but on the other you're the negative not locked down in a room by yourself 12 hours so, yeah but on the negative side there's a bunch of people there and they can be annoying hmm. and they'll be loud and it's uh, it's it's to me i would yeah. rather be uh, alone with a you know a book or something yeah. like that. that's what i'd I be need, thinking too i need my space i didn't yeah. like solitaire that much but i could have coped with medical because generally the people working in in medical are probably going to be smarter than either the prisoners or the guards so mm. so so did you say you you were not in the open area no he wasn't, he wasn't. Uh, okay. no i uh, i i suggested that would go badly and for some reason they believed me. so you had a so you had a cell but you were not alone you had a, a bunkmate or something like that i had a cell with a bunkmate when i was in quarantine Okay. Um, everybody had to go through two weeks of uh, of, of quarantine. It was twenty three hours lockdown. Yeah, um, that was me for two and a half months. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. There are multiple advertisers saying that if 
Elon Musk allows Donald Trump back onto the platform. I don't think it matters whether or not Trump actually comes back. But if Musk unbans Trump's account, multiple advertisers say they are going to walk away from buying ads from uh, Twitter. And you know what? I don't think I don't think Elon Musk cares. Well, I don't think he cares, and I don't think he he should because I agree. You know, there's not half of the country is not that Trump Trump deranged, and the the bottom line is that that is just so offensive to half the country that their president and their candidate couldn't even be on Twitter. That mm-hmm. it, it it can't stand. Yeah, you have to wonder if uh, you know Elon Musk actually does manage to free things up a little bit on Twitter. Again, I'm I'm not particularly optimistic that we're going to see that, but if it does happen, then he may end up getting more direct subscriptions from users than he loses in advertising dollars. You know, there's something to be said that you know uh, advertising is not the only business model on the internet. Right. Um, they have a direct subscription model on Twitter. I, I was them. I wasn't aware of this, yeah. but yeah, I mean there are other business models so it's not like you know it's not like it's not like it's necessarily the end of twitter right um but you know it's also it's also something kind of interesting to point out it's already a, a sort of a failing business model at, up to this point um or it hasn't it's been never turned a profit right yeah. it's, it's never turned a profit so it they need to try something different right because if, if advertising isn't working they need to somehow you know um add some other functionality or service or something that they can actually bring in more money off of geeks aren't cheap and if they were paying i've i've heard estimates saying they had five times as many technical people as they needed uh because you know they didn't want them to have to work more than a couple of days a week so it it may well be that cost cutting alone would make twitter um yeah profitable uh productive combined with returning uh of the alienated half of the country indeed yeah what you know i'm always i'm always amazed at the amount of money that startups manage to spend so here's the other news and that is the eu is uh, weighing in here trying to threaten Elon Musk right out the gate. According to CNBC.com, a top European Union official has issued a warning to Elon Musk today about his purchase of Twitter, telling the billionaire he'll have to play by their rules. After a cryptic tweet from Musk suggesting he had completed his acquisition of Twitter, Thierry Breton The European Commissioner for the Internal Market warned Musk that he'll have to comply with the bloc's new digital regulations. Musk had tweeted, the bird is freed. In response, Breton quote tweeted Musk saying, quote, in Europe, the bird will fly by our rules. See, that's something that needs to be, needs desperately to be fixed. And I don't know how to fix it except to move this kind of thing to the freaking dark web and not be so um not be so obviously present. Yeah, I mean there's all you're and the crazy thing is Europeans are already being harmed by all the other regulations 
and garbage that you know goes on in europe i'm being harmed by them every time i go to stack exchange uh, yeah, i have to i know click through that damn ad and yeah. there's no way to tell my browser this is my policy mm-hmm. tell them that every single time yeah yeah it's and, and that definitely came out of europe um the gdpr yep, yeah. yep every yep. website yeah. now uh, we, has to get, make you I've click i've actually got a tamper monkey script that deals with some of those things uh, now and it's the name of the script is screw the eu <laughs> did you write it or is this something you downloaded i i wrote it there's mm-hmm. an extension called tamper monkey that lets you run some javascript hmm. um uh, whenever you run a page based on matching the url of that page so basically i can say anytime i'm on any of the stack exchange sites um Find that little dialog box which has uh, class JS. Uh, use, uh, we're getting, JS we're getting too consent. off into the uh, the weeds there, and, but yeah, basically uh, what you tell it to go away. Yeah, you're just you wrote something specific to deal with a specific website, but it would be nice if there was some sort of a plugin that just was able to handle all of these stupid pop-ups that the GDPR is requiring all these websites to do. And the the, the thing it is... It really should be implemented as a web proxy so you could then use that no matter what browser you were using. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, Musk has, uh, according to the story here, again, taken over Twitter, been now threatened by the EU... Uh, the spokesperson for the crypto exchange Binance, which provided Musk financing for the Twitter takeover, said the transaction had been completed. Musk is uh, one of Twitter's most popular users, known for tweeting everything from announcements about Tesla and his other companies to memes and attacks on his critics. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO has previously called himself a free speech absolutist and says he wants to reform Twitter as a digital town square with fewer restrictions on what users can say. So one of the things that the EU tries to do with GDPR is basically force everybody into their nexus, so to speak. Um, If they consider you to have to be targeting Europe, right? That's and that can be as little as maybe being in french right or Mm. if you know if there's a a french option right or having uh although you could have it in french and say you were targeting quebec Mm. and uh certainly the caribbean countries whether or not they would accept that or not i don't know Um, what obligation do i have to show up to their court i mean if they want to throw a fit about it and that's what they're gonna do they 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 probably couldn't enforce it in the united states right Um, they'd have to have you'd have to have bank accounts in Europe in order for them to actually they'd, they'd freeze them seize, or whatever. Uh, your assets mm-hmm. um, because those judgment probably wouldn't be enforced in the United States. It's possible to enforce a judgment in the United States, you know, maybe from Europe, but it's very difficult. So if he's got payment processors in Europe for European credit cards or something like that, that could be a problem. He right. could just cancel them and say, "Look, yeah. Dogecoin only." Yep. yep. Well, having a payment processor there also. Uh, a payment processor could be a contractor. It could be its own corporation, mm-hmm. in which case there's going to be different rules applied to you. And I'm looking at, at uh, Twitter's uh, corporate site now. They have uh, they have offices in San Fran, Atlanta, Boulder, Cambridge, Chicago, Detroit, Miami, New York, Santa Monica, and Seattle – but nothing outside the United States. Isn't Cambridge Cambridge the UK? 
uh, I, I'm assuming Boston. that they're talking about Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. okay. Right, uh, Boston. There is a college named Cambridge uh, okay. University that I believe. But well, they're not the EU anyway, even if it was in uh, Britain. It, right? it, seems, so. it seems unlikely. Uh, yeah, Britain is no longer part of the... Uh, uh, EU. part right. of the EU, they yep. Brexited European out of there. Yeah, and I, I, I can't imagine that there's no offices there. Um, as with the size of Twitter, um, but uh, you know, it, I, I do. I am wondering. Um, is there they like they seem to have no offices? Did you outside the did United you do by chance States. a search for like Twitter EU or something like that? Because it might just be a EU subsidiary or something like that. And they're and that, that's. That's possible, but they may have just been being cagey because they knew that sooner or later they were going to tangle with the EU, and it's much easier to do mm. that if they don't have any of their jackbooted thugs near your stuff. I think Twitter would have been well served to to start up two Mastodon instances, uh, or maybe seven of them, maybe, maybe one for each continent, but have it be different um different actual companies so they could uh so they could each deal with so you know the realities of one continent without having yeah. to worry about seven of them so so the the eu is talking about having global um anything that's connected to you effectively uh sales so like for example if if there is a subsidiary in europe for example for a company um, it wouldn't just and and say the U.S. subsidiary violated the rules, as I understand it. I think anyway, they're saying that it would be six percent of their global revenue. Yeah, it's so, huge. So right, they're not just talking about you know punishing profits you for what you revenue. do. Right, right. They're punishing. I think they're punishing for the whole the whole world. I mean, that's that's what global. Of course, means. they're going to have a hard time making that attractive if Twitter doesn't gain. Six percent of its non-existent, we should probably mention, profits in Europe. Yeah, that's true. Well, remember, in, in it's not profits; it's, it's revenue. Like, Yo, you want to take six oh, yeah, percent of my income five, and I earn five percent of my income in Europe? Much easier way to deal with that problem. That's actually really scary because that's a easy way to shut a company down. You mm -hmm. know, especially a uh, opposition. You know, the opposition. Um, it's what that's, these are the kind of tactics that, you know, like Russia, right? Um, uh, Putin uses against its opposition. So. And the thing is, if, if you're in Europe, you can use European, I presume, social media systems and they'll be all European for you just the way you want them. But if you're troubling yourself to come all the way, uh, you know, tell that over to freaking America so you can go on an, Ameri on an American server, then maybe what you're looking for is what's actually being offered in, in America. And I, I become more and more convinced that only the laws that cover a, a particular area, like you should have like one area of of the world, one jurisdiction where you're at risk, mm -hmm. but not 270 jurisdictions. Yeah, it's insane. I, mm -hmm. you know, just because you put a website online doesn't mean that you There's... are all of a sudden subject to whatever bureaucrat yeah. gets a hair up his butt about you there's there's no way to comply with all of the world's no, uh, laws uh you know, in every country because yes they conflict with each other it's like how do you and the crazy thing is it's not even really just the world's laws right even within the united states like you can't comply with every other state's laws mm -hmm. um like the supreme court for example has has is attempting to to force in certain areas um like sales tax collections sarah is on the line in new mexico sarah 
you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. Um, I've heard that Dove, Tresemme, and Suave are, are, they got caught and in trouble for putting too much benzate in their shampoos. And what is that? Benzate is some kind of a petroleum uh, byproduct. And it's uh it's like a detergent and it and it hmm. um and it's supposed to cleanse. So I don't know how people got too much too much of it in their shampoo enough to um to make the news. And I don't know if they're getting sued. Okay. So So there's a lot you don't know. So that's what you're telling do us. Do you know anything? <laughs> well, I mean the People, I mean, I don't know if they got their hair. How how would you detect if they have too much benzene unless they are uh, breaking out or they're um, having issues in their scalp? Or well, that something. could have been it, right? Somebody might have uh, had some issues and they took it to a lab and they determined how many benzates or whatever you're talking about were in it, and somebody complained, and and now I don't know if there's some government regulator that's getting involved. It's the first time hearing of it, Sarah. Where did you hear the story? Uh, on the television news, mm-hmm. on the evening news. So, are you uh, are you like a fan of one of these products? Do you use those brands? No, but that's the reason why I use my my marketing products because we stay away from all of this. We don't have parents. That's what this is about. Ah, okay, yeah. now I understand. Pitching the products. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, Sarah, you are a uh, you're a dedicated product pitch man you are constantly marketing your products you are not really a communist are you well i mean i'm i don't know about all of that it's just i this is the way that i believe in this company because uh we have a safer for your home you know you don't get companies under communism right well i mean I, I don't know, but don't we have like a communism mixed, it, like socialism, capitalism all mixed together in the United States anyway? Yeah, there's a strong yeah. argument a that pure... that's exactly what the U.S. has. Yeah. But you have said on the air before that you are a communist. And you know that under communism, you don't have private companies that do innovative things and come up with really interesting products for people to use that doesn't exist under communism, do, right? Do you, know, do you know what the Soviet Union did, Sarah? They copied Western-like everything. Um, and, and poorly. And poorly, right. And it's and the same thing with China to a large degree. They, they're, they're literally just copying. And, and look, I'm not against necessarily copying, but... There's no innovation here. Good example of that. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. Um, I've heard that Dove, Tresemme, and Suave, are, are, they got caught and in trouble for putting too much benzate in their shampoos. And what is that? Benzate is some kind of a petroleum uh, byproduct. And it's uh, it's like a detergent, and it and it hmm. um, and it's supposed to cleanse. So I don't know how people got too much too much of it in their shampoo enough to um, to make the news. And I don't know if they're getting sued. Okay. So so there's a lot you don't know. So that's what you're telling? Do us. you know anything? <laughs> well, I mean the. People, I mean, I don't know if they got their hair. How how would you detect if they have too much benzene unless they are uh, breaking out or they're um, having issues in their scalp? Well, or that something. could have been it, right? Somebody might have uh, had some issues and they 
took it to a lab and they determined how many benzates or whatever you're talking about were in it and somebody complained and and now i don't know if there's some government regulator that's getting involved it's the first time hearing of it sarah where did you hear the story uh, on the television news mm-hmm. on the evening news so are you uh are you like a fan of one of these products do you use those brands no, but that's the reason why I use my my marketing products because we stay away from all of this. We don't have parents. That's what this is about. Ah, okay, yes. now I understand. Pitching the products. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, Sarah, you are a uh, you're a dedicated product pitchman. You are constantly marketing your products. You are not really a communist, are you? Well, I mean, I'm. I don't know about all of that. It's just I. This is the way that. I believe in this company because we have a safer for your home. You know you don't get companies under communism, right? Well, I mean, I I don't know, but don't don't we have like a communism mixed, like socialism, capitalism all mixed together in the United States anyway? Yeah, there's a strong argument that that's exactly what the U.S. has. But you have said on the air before that you are a communist. And you know that under communism, you don't have private companies that do innovative things and come up with really interesting products for people to use. That doesn't exist under communism, do, right? Do you know? Do you know what the Soviet Union did, Sarah? They copied Western like everything, um, and, and poorly, and poorly, right? And it's and the same thing with China to a large degree. They they're they're literally just copying. And and look, I'm not against necessarily copying, but there's no innovation here. We go to Major Payne. He's on in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah. So, Ian, you, like I said, you uh, kind of put a uh, collection or a toll booth in the in the Highway of Life there. So I had I got to take a turn off into Saraville here. All right. Um, Social Security is definitely a Ponzi scheme, but I'm an old man. I've been paying into it all my life. And there's actually a mathematical formula that will provide you information on whether you will profit or get screwed. But uh, I'll give you that in just a second. Ian, you mentioned 15% of your wages go to Social Security, right? That's well, actually Chris that mentioned that, but yeah, he's it's something like that because it's like seven. I think it's seven from the employer it's, and like seven from the yeah, seven point five from it's the close. employer and seven point five from. Uh, from the employee, but really it all comes from the employee sure. because they're only concerned about how much it costs to have you. They don't care if the money goes to your, you or to the government. Yeah, well, the point I'm getting to, I guess, is I've always, most of my life, I've lived under the table. So I figure I've probably paid in 15% of the time. So uh, anyway, I just hit 62 and I use this formula that my buddy told me. And basically what you do is you call into Social Security, and they'll tell you what you're worth at 62, and then at 65, I think, and then again at 67, right, what your monthly payment will be. And odds are, especially for men, most of us don't make it past 70. Yep, not much further. Yeah. Right? And they know that. Well, of course, it's a mathematical equation. Yeah. These are these are freaking bean counters, dude. Right. Mm-hmm. So Milton uh, anyway. Friedman in uh, Capitalism and Freedom did a great expose of uh, Social Security. Another thing is because of shorter lifespan, so lifespans, and because of the uh, the cap, 
um, Social Security also redistributes wealth from black people to white people. Elijah is in Arizona watching us on Odyssey. Thank you, Elijah. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Welcome. What's on your mind? Yeah, so I I actually wanted to talk about uh, defense spending specifically, which I know wasn't exactly the topic that you guys were discussing a minute ago. But it's open phones, man. You can bring up anything you want. You don't ever have to apologize. I I mean, it's free talk live. Yeah. Why not? But yeah, so you know, me and a a buddy were we were talking about you know the unnecessary funding that goes to you know operations and the administration of like the DOD, and so okay, so right now uh, the Department of Defense is spending like I think it's like one point one trillion dollars. Or maybe it's more. I think overall it's like three point nine trillion dollars on capital working funds and like retirement programs, which is like great. That um, must be over a certain that. time frame, right? Because I, I think that would be like the whole budget of the U.S. Oh no, no, no. That that was that was in fiscal year twenty twenty. I think three. Isn't it? Isn't it like a year ahead each time? Oh my god! Is that much money so, for defense? Wait, how much? That is- was insane. It's- that's well, they they say it's for defense, but they mix the offense in with that. Sure, sure. True. But he was for saying sure. three something, for three point sure. nine trillion. Is that what you said? Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's like it's it with all of the uh, with all of the capital working funds and the retirement programs that they have all together. It's about three point nine. Oh, retirement. Okay, wow. Military yeah, that's retirement. Crazy. Yeah. So that doesn't yeah, surprise me. So- I mean, there's there's what's what's the uh, what's the debt uh, currently? It's like something. Twenty. I know it was like twenty. It's thirty-one trillion. trillion. Yeah, it was like a, a while ago. Yeah, thirty. It just passed thirty-one yeah. very recently. I wanted to talk about privatization, and it's really greatly affecting my community. They are starting to uh, privatize the healthcare in my great state of Arkansas, and I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on privatization. Well, I guess we're going to have to hear more from you about what exactly you mean by privatization, because as I understand it, uh, Arkansas doesn't have a government monopoly over health care, do they? Uh, It's in my state, or it's in my county. They decided that a company should decide whether or not our prescriptions should be allowed. Okay, I'm but not. You know, so you're saying that um, the government ran healthcare in your county in Arkansas? No, I'm saying that a company is running our healthcare. Right, but normally when really? you use the term privatization, it means that you're taking about company control. Well, normally the the definition of privatization, and if you want to hang on, we'll continue uh, the discussion what, with you. What exactly does the company do to prevent you from getting some procedure that they don't agree with? Well, we're going to bring John back on here in, in a moment to uh, to have a, a longer discussion about this, because I don't know if we're... I think we all need to find out like what everybody thinks the word privatization means, because I think there's a serious miscommunication going on here. Normally, privatization... Well, it's a bad word, because it assumes that everything is just naturally under the control of government, and right. anything that you can actually make decisions about has been privatized. Yeah, I don't care for the term either, but normally the circumstances it's used is when there's a government monopoly. Well, the government is trying to privatize Medicaid in my county. Ah. In all all of the state. I see, I see. So, of course, the... This is really... 
You go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, the best answer, of course, is to abolish government's uh, programs entirely and allow an actual free market in healthcare where people can provide services at whatever level they want to. They don't have to ask permission to, you know, uh, offer healthcare services. They don't have to get government licenses, jump through arbitrary hoops, pay ridiculous fees. I mean, the, the government, uh, the federal government especially, increases the cost of healthcare dramatically through all of its regulatory schemes, things like Medicare and, and Medicaid. I'm not even sure how that would work, given it's a federal program in the first place. So how would the county take it over? Well, the county is voting on whether or not a hospital should be able to privatize it. Sounds like they're they're, they're going to allow a private agency to administer whatever county level goings on have to do with yeah. it. Hmm. Um, I don't know enough about it to. Yeah. Again, you know, getting out of the getting really. out of the federal government secession. These are all solutions here because the feds are just going to try to centralize this stuff more and more. Uh, I'm not a fan of privatization because it just it gives you a new private master that's government approved. I don't want to see one size fits all. I don't want to see a monopoly. Uh, did that answer your question? You want John? a free market, not yeah. privatization. Yeah. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.